Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey, happy Tuesday, March 7. I'm coming to you from Monday, March 6. Uh, from back in time, we're recording this the night before, or the afternoon before. Welcome to Elijah Streams. We're excited to bring you uh, David Herzog here in just a few moments. Uh, Emily, I'm going to ask you to queue up one of those spots to remind people of how we're um, using their donated money to uh, bless the earth, really, for especially in, in, in super impoverished impoverished areas. Um, we're just blessing you or blessing their socks off, however you put it that way. So uh, go ahead and play one of those spots, Emily. Well, thank you so much for your amazing support. I, uh, sometimes when I, my wife and I have always been givers, especially the last 10 years, we really epically cranked up our giving. Uh, but I like to see sometimes whether I'm doing it online or writing a check, I, I sometimes just visualize the Lord say, watching me and watching my heart that I really want to help that person. And he sees that. He reads your mind, of course. And uh, he knows all your thoughts according to Psalms 139. So as you give, Picture yourself helping a little girl, a little boy, and understand how much the Lord is pleased with that. We very, very much thank you. Of course, your giving helps support this entire ministry of about 30 of us, so keeps this thing going. We bless you, bless you. Thank you for that. Welcome, David Herzog in Arizona. Are you guys considered the desert or the high desert down there? Uh, I think we're desert. (laughs) Yeah, I was raised in the desert of California, Lancaster, California. But after I grew up, I said, I don't want to live in the desert anymore. But you, you I think you told me what you really love the desert. Um, yeah, open space, mountains, you have lakes. I can go skiing two and a half hours away. Okay, yeah, I wow. love it. It's clean air. Awesome. Well, listen, let me remind people, uh, you were on um, last week or so, and you were you were sharing with the people about Asbury, your, your experience there. But I also reminded people that I had, I'd met you before, but then we sat, we shared the same table at the inaugural, Christian inaugural ball on the, the yeah. night before Trump was inaugurated. We were at that table and you had your daughter there. And then um, the next morning, tell them what happened and what you prophesied at, at the breakfast hour. Well, first it took us all night to get in. Uh, we couldn't even yeah, get into did. the, I saw journalists who couldn't get in and uh, almost didn't get in. And I, I kept praying. Every exit was blocked by Secret Service. And finally, I saw one guy with a Secret Service badge with a Jewish name. So I said, oh, are you Jewish? Because they were like, no, you can't get in no matter what. And I go, oh, that's great. Um, yeah, I just came back from Israel. In fact, I'm supposed to prophesy to the Israeli Knesset in the Trump Hotel, and I can't get in. You guys won't let me in. He goes, oh, that's what you're doing? Hold on. And then I got in. That's basically Whoa, how I got in. I had to use every possibility. And I got there, and then the lady is like, hey, would you um, prophesy on stage? I didn't know I was doing that. Yeah, because you were just there for the breakfast, right? Yeah, I was invited to to be there. And then when I got – but on the way, God told me, the the reason I'm sending you there is for Israel, and Trump coming in is for Israel's sake first before America. It's make America great again if we stand with Israel. If we don't, America won't be great. So I go, okay. So that's in my mind, you know, as I'm traveling there thinking, what is God trying to tell me? I get there and they're like, oh, come on the stage, sit with the guys on stage. And I want you to prophesy to the Israeli government. That's also wow. here. There's a thousand people there, but there's Knesset guys and stuff. I'm like, oh, wow. So, I, so when I got up, the words that came out of my mouth was, 
this president will be the first president to move the embassy to Jerusalem. By doing that, it'll set America up for future revivals and awakenings, and it'll bless Israel. And then uh, I forgot what else I said. Everyone, and I said in the name of Yeshua, which is Jesus in Hebrew, which normally you don't say in front of Knesset Israeli members because that's like yeah. a no-no. And, and I knew that, but so it just came out. I was like, oh, my God. And, you know, they didn't care. They came up to me, hugging me, crying. They said, this is a great thing here, but no one mentioned anything about connecting this to Israel. You're the only one. Gives me a book on Jerusalem, like a picture book. And I thought, well, okay, that's nice. I've been there. When I get to my hotel, he had signed it over to Donald Trump, thought thinking Trump would be there. So he gave it to oh, me instead. Oh, are you kidding? You got Donald Trump's, wow. Yeah, so he, I said, okay. And I was like, wow, this is, because he thought Trump Hotel, Trump will probably be there. Sure. I don't know. They, Trump was I mean, a little he, bit busy he, getting he inaugurated. Could he could have gone because there he had time, but or I mean, he had the hour. We don't know where he it was. was pretty tight yeah. though, because an hour yeah. later was the thing. So yeah, yeah. And then that, and we met the night before. Yeah, yeah. We we were at both events, and it was an amazing thing, you know. And so that I, that's the first black tie, actual formal event that I've been. I mean, I've been to banquets and stuff, but this is like the first political anything. Is black yeah. tie. Your daughter was with you all dressed, and my wife was. Uh, we, you know, we we decked it out. That That's was fun. fun. That was really fun. Um, it's not a lot of fanfare, and we had to walk for miles to get there because the Secret Service has blocked every possible. <laughs> I don't know crazy. how they can do it, but but it was fun. But I I fully intend to be at the next inauguration too, and hopefully the inaugural ball, and hopefully the. You know the Christian, whatever it is, I'm going to be there that time too because that's yeah, we'll be, be the, we'll be the same table again. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be totally fun. This time, bring your wife and your daughter. You know. Oh, so. definitely. Yeah. Do you yeah. have? Uh, I don't know your family. Do you have one daughter, or was that just? No, I've got three daughters. Okay. Okay. How old yeah. are they? Just so before we. Um, they're 21, 23, and 26. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, it sounds like Job's daughters. Wow, amazing, <laughs> beautiful. How beautiful. about you? Uh, oh well, f- three kids, two daughters, and a. And a son. Now you're gonna. My my oldest finally hit 42, so I think the other one's 39, and then the oh, other wow. one's like uh, uh, subtract four. That's what is that? Nine, eight, seven, <laughs> six, five, 35. I don't. My wife knows the ages all the time, but I have that's, to, to calculate it out. So, yeah. So they all worked for the ministry for a number of years, and then of course they grew up and did their own thing. So exactly. Well, Dave, you uh, you've got David. You got a lot of stuff to talk about the revival in America, and I see the list. I'm going to just let you go through it, and if I hear something that I want a clarification, I'll interrupt. Otherwise, just okay. go go for it. Yeah. So basically, uh, we've been praying. America's been, you know, the church's been praying for revival. Everyone's talking about awakening, right? The last ten years, fifteen years, right? And we've had revival meetings, but I think we're at the very beginnings of an actual sovereign move of God, whereas sovereign versus planned are different. You know, they're both yeah. good, but when it, like Azusa Street Revival wasn't just happened, you know, they didn't think it was going to be the Azusa Street Revival. Pensacola didn't think it was going to be the Pens. you know, they, they were praying for it, but they didn't, you never know. And I think what happened in Asbury is the very beginnings of eventually national revivals and then awakening happening in America. Um, it was prophesied by Bob Jones that when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, Revivals would break out. They had won that two years, three years before, and then the pandemic broke out. So everyone thought, wait, that's not what we were looking for. Yeah, that's true. That that one, I thought that was a disappointment. I thought, well, I guess it must have meant something else. But I don't know how. All we know is it was the second Chiefs. Second, yeah, yeah. Yeah. God has it. It's mysterious, and so, and so, and then the Jesus Revolution movie. I just saw it a few days ago, two days ago coming yeah. out, I was crying through the whole thing. I was. I, I they, they made that yeah. movie, 
they didn't realize it was going to hit during these revivals. Everything God had time, only God could have timed this. He's trying to get our attention that, so hey, guys, great. this is that. What I started in the 70s, I'm going to continue it, but in a different faces, different way. You know, it might not be hippies. It'll be other people that the church looks down upon as, oh, these guys can never come to our church. or you know. But So this is what's starting. So we're just in the beginnings. And just as the revival in the 70s, a lot of the church missed it. The older church people were like, oh, this is not revival. This is not God. You're hearing the same kind of pro and against right now. So be careful. We have to be careful not to miss this one. So you're already seeing Are you serious? You're already seeing some people say this is not that? You've seen some? No, no, it's real subtle. You know, you get on YouTube and they're known ministers and they'll say, oh, that's good. But if it was a real revival, there'd be more preaching of the word. Yeah, but there's just students that just, yeah, the word, it is. You're getting, you know, in an upper room, they were just getting blasted. Then they went out and preached the word. So, you know, it's like Peter went up, Peter gave the greatest sermon the world had ever heard on the day of Pentecost. And then people, then, then the Holy Spirit had its own party. So yeah. we're seeing a bit of the party part of the of the revival. His party is people getting saved, people getting slain, people getting their spiritual language, people yeah. getting healed. I mean, how I mean, often do you see people repenting of sin openly? And sometimes you have other revivals where the word's preached, but no one's repenting. So I mean, it's you know, Jesus said, "Preach the word, heal the sick, raise the dead." And other scripture says, "Heal the sick, um, cast out demons, raise the dead, preach the word." Know? So it doesn't matter what order; it's all, it's all going to happen at some point. But so, Generation Z is the one generation that we've not cracked the code as a church, and now it's starting to happen. No one can figure them out. They, everyone what, says, how oh, they're entitled. Say, I mean, obviously, the, the, the Holy Spirit's cracking it, but what, what do, you, do you see anything that initiated the crack or what? Well, I think the fact you started at a college, that's where the okay. Generation Zs are. Okay. And now I hear it's happening at, I think, A&M in Texas, which is a secular college. So I think it's going to hit the schools, the college. Um, it's starting at a Christian college, but I think it's going to jump into the secular colleges. It's hitting schools, Bible schools, churches. It, something's going on now. It's, it's like virus, contagious. And it, it's going to lead into awakenings, which is the, the harvest coming in. You know, So it, we're awakening the church. He's reviving the church, dealing with issues, and then it's going to grow. But we just have to be careful not to – you know, the key was humility, like – People can get arrogant, like, oh, that's nothing. I've seen bigger things than that. You can't judge it that way because no, it starts real, real yeah, innocent. I just say, know? please, to those, please don't, if you feel cynicism coming up, I'm telling to the viewers, push it back, cast it out, yeah. take away unbelief and cynicism. You know, I almost, I, I told people, the, I almost missed the Jesus movement. I was really on the telltale end of it because when I got saved and radically so, my wife and I, we went to a church, and this young preacher was only 29 years old, and, and we went there for two years. I didn't know they were going to make a movie about him called Jesus Revolution. It was Greg Glory's church, and oh, we wow. went there for two years. Oh, you were there? Uh, yeah, for, but he, it was like nine years after the movie uh, shows. The movie was ended, uh, what, what it shows, when Lonnie Frisbee showed up and all that. Okay, that night, go forward nine years after that event when they met wow. with Chuck, Chuck uh Smith, Smith. And, then, and then I'm going to this massive church filled with 20-somethings, and it's Greg Laurie. I didn't know they were going to make a movie out of him 40 years later. I just so loved the teaching. Did you see Lottie Frisbee preaching? No, I never saw him. I, I oh. missed him, but I got the Greg Laurie part, you know, which is the, wow. he's the guy that actually wrote the book and paid for the movie yeah. and all of that. So That's amazing. But I had always thought that I'd missed it until I saw the movie, and I go, oh, I didn't fully miss it, did I? So that's the thing. Most people, when they're in a historic revival if you if you interview them at the time 
they didn't realize they were in one. And I think right now we're beginning to be in one and most people don't realize we're in one. They think, oh, that's just nice what's happening there. It's nice. I'm, I'm too busy. Uh, or let's say start spraying to their city. Oh, that's nice. But I've done that before. I'm busy. I got my own. I think mm. we have to realize like Peter, he had to drop his business, fishing business. And just there's a time we just go. Just when I went, I, I was in the middle of a conference. I'd just been to Orlando, came back to my conference, didn't sleep all night. So I could then Sunday night, God says, go to go there. I said, Lord, I haven't slept already. Another <laughs> all nighter, four hours later, we're at the airport. And then we end up in Kentucky at the revival. And I find out it's the last day when I get there. So then I knew why. So sometimes you have to just put everything on pause and just go for it. And it's hard for people when they have a, you know, they don't, they don't, I don't think we always recognize the day of, of our visitation. Well, you know, and I, I, I knew something very special was happening because I had had that encounter with God. He basically walked in the room by the Holy Spirit and showed me one scripture that jumped off the page and, and I shared, I said, you guys are not going to believe this. It's John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me and, and, and no one can snatch them out of, out of my hand. The father's greater than me. No one can snatch them out of the father's hand. And I was like in a slow motion whoa, moment. I tell the, this small little group of eight of us here, Claudia here off to the side was in the same, for the same um, um, fundamentalist denomination. I'll just use that kind of a term. She pray, she, we all kneel down to pray at, a, at this little campus crusade for Christ conservative wow. Bible study. And I share the scripture and I'm in the slow motion thing. And she, we all kneel to pray. And she goes into this quietly under her breath, praying in tongues and scare the heck out of her. <laughs> it was such an encounter. Months later, we pray for her and she's dramatically healed of arthritis. None of us believed in healing. And then wow. we found Greg Laurie's church. So, I mean, it's like, we we knew we were in the middle of something, but I didn't really know about the Jesus movement because I thought I'd missed it because that was wow. all the hippies. By then, you go forward nine years later, the hippie dress code was different nine years later. So you didn't recognize it as a kind of a hippie thing, if I can put it that yeah. way. Now you see that movie and the hippies look really clean cut, didn't they, on that movie? Everybody yeah, was pretty yeah. They cleaned them up for the movie. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, back in the day, of course, maybe they had more dreadlocks. I don't know if they did back then because I wasn't involved in that. But I mean, um, they looked pretty scuzzy when we lived in that day. But now we look back at the way they dressed. Wasn't so bad. <laughs> now so, so we're going to have piercings and tattoos and trans and people exactly. that are you know, so yeah, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna shut up and I'll let you keep going yeah. on what you're sharing. Well, well, I was just what you're saying. The modern day people that are rejected today by the church would be those in the uh, perversion um, or homosexuality sure. or prostitutes or, or you know that like people now don't mind hippies. Like, okay, hippie guy with long hair, that's cool, right? Now we're like, yeah. so he's not gonna send that. He's gonna send no. something else that we consider to be repulsive. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's wrong. I, I can't even associate with that. And that's who God's going to bring because they're the ones crying out to God for revival. I heard something the other day someone mentioned, real interesting, that the spirit of Jezebel that's controlling the perversion online and everything, it, that in the Bible, I think it was Lance that mentioned this, that the eunuchs are the ones that actually pushed Jezebel off the off the ledge I and got her killed. Yeah. So the eunuchs are those who are bound by perversion, and they've been under Jezebel's spell. And they've been um, castrated, so to speak. They don't have a voice. They have no and they've been shunned by the church, they're the ones when they wake up, they're going to go, oh my gosh, I've been under the spell. And they're the ones that are going to destroy that Jezebel spirit. 
Wow. It's just like the hippies. So in the 60s, 70s, it was the drug, sex, rock and roll led by the hippies. And those same hippies overthrew it, went for Jesus and went back against all that stuff. So I think that's what we're coming into. It, and we have to have it now because if it's, it's now or never. I mean, the walls are closing in politically, economically, war wars, possibly. I mean, everything's the, the yeah. laws being changed. The uh, digital currencies are trying to do control everybody. So if God doesn't move now, now would be a, if I was God, I'd be like, you know what? Now would be a perfect time <laughs> yeah. because it's, it's a lot. He always says it at the last minute when it looks like all is gone. Yeah, and his last Our, minute is a lot more last, last, last than my last minute. Cause I was saying that two years ago, but now there, there isn't much actual time left before. Yeah. It doesn't know. look like there's hope in the natural. Not um, in the natural. Even if people think, oh, if with the next election, we'll vote. Now it's been proven. The election itself alone is not enough. Yeah. So we want reformation, but God, ha- I think God moves in the first and second great awakenings. Then they elected righteous leadership. I think sometimes we have it backwards. We're thinking if we get our guy in, then we'll have revival. Well, we had that. In fact, and we didn't have revival the last four years, even though we had great things happen. The embassy moved and a lot of good things. But and you notice we get someone we don't approve of, and that's doing ungodly, and we get more revivals during the pandemic. I mean, yeah, and I mean, and so, the, the, to, it's very clear that Trump is not in there yet. I, I know he's going to at least be there in 2024, hopefully sure. earlier in my book, but the revival starting now. We didn't need President Trump in. Exactly, and I think important. that's where we have to put our priorities is yeah. first his kingdom. Yeah. Um, and then look at the apostles. I mean, we, we always quote the book of Acts, but they were under Roman occupation. They weren't having righteous anything, you know. And yeah. so we're not dependent on that, but of course we want that and we need that. But we're not dependent on that for God to move. Look at China. Look at the believers in Iran. Look at Pakistan. I mean, they, they're, Pakistan's exploding with revival, and they don't have born again Christian, you know, leaders at all. So we pray for that. We believe it'll happen eventually. But until then, we got to go for revival. And if yeah. my people, us, the church, cry to God, repent, that's the key, that's the starter, I think. And then the rest will follow. So good, so good. All right. Well, what no, I don't, we've on there. Where should I go on our notes that we're sharing together? Which number? Oh, are we can you talk on? about. Um, I don't know. I can tell you what's Pakistan. What's going there on Israel? Yeah, yeah. Well, I know we, we we supported, and some of you may not may have heard, and may, some of you may may not have. I think we sent you. I believe it was twenty thousand. I don't remember how we, we sent you for Pakistan. Do you remember? I think it was around that twenty or twenty five, maybe. And then I think we 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 and so all of those salvations. And if you meant what you said. I want you to tell them what you told me. You said if if with that money, who gets credit in heaven for that money? Well, you know I mean? so there's those. The salvation yeah, those is what go, I mean. Yeah, so those who go on the front lines and those who help those. So King David said, you know, when they had to go after the Philistines for stealing all their stuff and their women and, their, and the loot, they went. the mighty men went after them and they got everything back and then they got more. And then they said, the, those who stayed back to hold the fort, to protect the children, uh, protect the women, whatever it was, whatever they had there, get the same reward as those in the front lines. So I believe those who give towards things like that will get the same reward as someone like me risking my life to do it because I can't do it if someone doesn't pray, if someone doesn't give, and then they can't hear the gospel unless someone preaches the gospel. So it's like a, a war, right? Someone's putting the weapons in the in the tank. Someone's making food for the soldiers. Someone's helping the wounded. So and then there's the guys on the front line, which is a small percentage of the actual 
soldiers, but it's the whole, everyone gets the same reward, you know? Yeah. And I, and I, I can't remember if I just now said that now, but, the, but our people gave 30,000 for the Israel. Yeah. One. I remember that. Thanks for listening. The Elijah streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And, yeah, and so I normally we wouldn't say the numbers, but I want the, the viewers cause we, it's very, very rare for us to say actual dollar amounts. I just kind sure. of avoid that. I felt to do it this time because people because people will say, "Well, I support Elijah's streams, and yeah, I, because I love I I see that they know how to give to the right places at the right time." I'm just wanting to know the people to know if you give uh, because you know that that the Elijah streams is give is is putting it in good places, then the reward for those salvations that occur are yours, whether or not you targeted for that. Um, and it's fertile sense? ground because a hundred thousand got saved in Pakistan. A hundred thousand people. Oh, that's what it was. A hundred thousand people. Wow. And in Israel, three hundred people. I think you gave on the first one. Um, three. See how many people? Three hundred people got saved in yeah. Israel. And so Israel, one saved is like a thousand in the Gentile world. Oh, it is, the, isn't it? It it's is like the hardest. So you get three. That's like three hundred thousand in Pakistan. You know, comparably, <laughs> but it's super expensive in Israel to do anything. It's not like yeah, you think logically, oh, with that money, you could have won that much more over here. Yeah, but it, you can't think that way because the Bible says, um, when Israel says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, that's when he comes. So anything you do towards Israel's salvation speeds up totally. the return of the Lord, which speeds up the worldwide harvest. Plus, it, So plus I go there to speed it up. Obedient. So when I go to Pakistan, it goes more. Plus it's obedience to the Jew first. You know, uh, that we were instructed to go to the Jew first, and, and Jesus said himself, you know, to the Jew first. And then, yeah, I, I love that. Um, well, you know what? I'm going again. I don't know when this is going to show, but I'm going tomorrow. This will show tomorrow. I'm flying this back will, to Pakistan. Oh, good. This will show tomorrow. This is in the morning. You'll see this one. So, so I'm, fly, I'm flying back again tomorrow to Pakistan. Are another you, 100,000. I was going to ask you, I was thinking about what, what I wanted to ask you on the show, and I realized that it's been a long time since I asked you to, to share because you're a prophetic person. I don't know if you call yourself a prophet. I haven't asked you that, but do you consider yourself a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, all of the above? How would you identify yourself? Um, so it's funny because like I was just on Sidney Jacobs' show an hour ago. So every, at different shows will say, oh, he's an evangelist. And then others will go, he's a prophet. He's, I think it's apostolic because Paul prophesied to kings and presidents, and I've done that. But he also was a major evangelist. He was a teacher. He wrote most of the New Testament. So I've realized it's the, uh, I think Chuck Pierce told me and Peter Wagner told me you're, you're an apostolic evangelist. You move okay. in the prophetic, you, you write, you, you, you evangelize, you, you plant works and you go places. No one's gone and you open up the, the nations for the Lord. So I think I don't title it, but it's an apostolic evangelist. But you know, when I'm on an airplane and I meet an unsafe person and they go, what do you do for a living? I would say, it depends who's asking. You know, <laughs> you, so if they you say, say that, I'm an actor in Hollywood, I go, I'm a comedian, you know, and if they're a businessman, oh, I work for the richest Jewish business construction company in the world. You know, I, so you, 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 be well, all you know things, what, you know? you know what, you just kind of gave a part of you away because you, you said it depends on who you're asking, but by that methodology, you prove your heart and core evangelist for you to even come up with that. Most <laughs> of us, you know, evangelism is not my gift. I've led a few people to the Lord and I try to do it this way through the shows, but I mean, You've already got in your mind and heart how you're going to respond, or at least you know the principal area, you know. So, so if someone from Hollywood says, what, what, what do you say? If someone from Hollywood, what do you say? I, well, I start off, oh, that's great. I'm a, uh, I'm a comedian. I make people laugh, you know, and then they, 
you know, the craziest story was I was on a plane. To L- Every time I go to L.A., a lot of times God opens the door to witness to somebody. Last time I met Brad Pitt and Machine really? Gun Kelly. I met Mike Tyson. It's so weird. Every time I go, it's like that. Game. Where, how do you so meet I'm, these people? Just, I know, just supernaturally on the plane, on airplane? Um, okay. or on the street. Or it's really weird. And so, uh, so one of them, I'm going to L.A. a few years ago. I'm like, okay, Lord, open this door. I'm preaching in this church that has people that work in Hollywood, but they're not the A-list actors. They're like the stuntmen or the sound. And I'm believing, okay, let's see what God does. I get on the plane, and a drunk lady comes on the plane, a little bit drunk. She ends up sitting next to me. Oh, I guess this is my seat. Ha, ha, ha. And I'm reading a book about the blood that I'm asked to do an endorsement for. And then the lady just starts talking to me because she's kind of drunk, loud. Oh, yeah. what's your name? <laughs> I'm David. Nice to meet you. And I'm just reading my book. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm just not paying attention, you know. And then uh, she goes, uh, what do you do for a living? So a lot of times when they ask, I go, oh, I'm a speaker. Because if you say Christian at first and they've been hurt by the church, they'll just put their headphones on. Or motivational speaker, sometimes I'll say. I motivate people to get healed, saved, delivered, right? And she goes, well, I'm a porn star, really loud. Oh, my God. And we're in the front row of this little airplane going to Burbank. And I'm like, oh, great. That's embarrassing. I mean, how do you start? Like, oh, what kind of training do you have to do to go through that? Or, I mean, how do you even start? I'm like, oh, interesting. And I'm reading my book, The Blood, The Blood, The Blood. And and the Lord says, very uncomfortable, you know. You know what? Yeah, you look like at you, you want to say because normally you want to feedback, so it's not like you can say, "Oh, that's really good." Do you enjoy that? <laughs> or you can't. You know, you know, like, I, I just go, "Oh, interesting." And the people yeah. are looking at me like, "What if they recognize me?" And like, "Oh, what are you doing with the thing with?" Yeah. So the Lord said, "Don't tell me. Put the book down and share the gospel to her." So I said to her, "Really?" I said, "Why? Why did you no, I said, "Why did you go into that?" Seriously. That's good. And yeah. she's drunk. So she says, I'm actually pretty famous. Mentions her name. Do you, you ever heard about me? I said, no, because I'm not into that. You know? And I said, um, and I said, why did you do this? And she starts opening up. She goes, I don't know why I'm telling you this. I'm a Sons of God preacher's daughter. I went to Bible school at the AG in, in was it Missouri. I, I went on outreaches. I used to fast all night. And then I got raped when, on Easter Sunday by someone, a stranger. Something opened up in me, and I started going this direction. My dad doesn't know. He just found out, and he just disowned me. Oh no, wow. And that's why she's probably drinking. And I said, and I started prophesying to her. I said, you know what? God loves you. He's, he wants to call you back. But you, and I never said this to anybody. I said, if you don't do this, if you don't come back to the Lord now, the enemy will take you out and kill you within like oh. this much time. And she looked at me and she said, that's weird because I have to sleep with all these producers. And one guy had a gun the other day playing with it. And I thought he, I was going to get shot. And then, and we, and at the end, she finally agreed to pray and receive Jesus as we're landing. And she's crying. And then I said, to, and so imagine if I had just said, it's like the Jesus movement thing, right? Like, oh, I can't associate. Plus, I'm a minister. This looks bad. But I, I had to. And I said, and then she goes, she was a little bit less drunk by the end. She goes, do you want my phone number? I go, no, I don't think my wife wants me to be discipling a porn star. So I don't think. Then the Lord said, take the number and give it to the pastor when he picks you up. The pastor picks me up. Pat Boone came to the meeting, by the way. It's interesting. His wife, dude. All these people were there. So pastor picks me up. Never met him. Great to meet you. How was your flight? I go, wonderful. I got a phone number of a porn star, and I'm supposed to give it to you. (laughs) He doesn't know me. He's like, what? And then I explain the whole story, and he tells me, you know, there's a lady that we know that was one of Hugh Hefner's Playboy girls, whatever, that got radically saved, and she's allowed to come in anytime and preach to all the girls. We're going to have that lady disciple this porn star. Wow. And that lady mentioned, oh, I want to be one of Hugh Hefner's because they make more money and all this stuff, and I was trying to talk her out of it. So you – I'm saying, so that's the ones that, and I'm thinking, Lord, why couldn't you give me Spielberg? Why couldn't you give me, uh, you know, let's talk to Brad Pitt. No, he gives me 
I said, Lord, I know that's technically entertainment, but that's not the level I was thinking of Hollywood. Yeah, for what sure. He says, yeah, but I, I need to reach the ones that the church completely and, and, you rejects. Know, I, you, 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 must, you know Cindy McGill probably. Do you know Cindy? I, you know, I know her. I know about her. Well, I'll, I'll give you a one-minute recap because she's. I've known her for a year. She was, I think, initially took training with uh, John Paul Jackson. Not that she was one of his students per se, but that she did go to some classes. But she, um, she's been prophetic mission. We've done a few prophetic conferences together. She prophesies as I do, and we we've done that. And then uh, she got into, then she started going to Burning Man and setting up a booth there and and oh, giving yeah. people free spiritual readings, which is basically prophesying. But she John Paul used to do that at Burning Man. Yeah, I, she probably learned it from that. And then now, now she now she does. Okay, I've so we've said this online here before, so this is not. A total chocolate. Now she goes to porn conventions, and wow. and God says, and now my wife's gone with her on either two or three. You did one in Vegas and one in Miami, and God told Cindy, "I'm going to send you to the porn conventions, and you'll be allowed to go. I'll allow you to go if you treat my friends well." And so she, who are your friends? All those girls are my friends, and wow. so she now goes. And my wife's kind of an introvert, so she doesn't. She likes to tag along with somebody who's a little more talkative and all of that, but they go and it's kind of the same idea asking the girls at the booths and some of them aren't, aren't worried much, you know, and uh, they'll say, well, do you, have you had a dream? We're interpreting dreams today. And so they go down to each of these booths and then they go back the next day because now they made friends with them. And so when wow. Doreen went to the one in um, Miami, then she thought about it for a couple uh, months because the next one, the next year would be in Vegas. And I said, and she says, I do, even though I don't say much, I really want to go back, I think. And I said, well, tell me, why do you want to go back? Why do you want to go do that? And she says, because I want to see my girls. Can wow. you believe that? And this is, of course, brand new for her. And of course, I think it's more of a it's women's amazing. ministry. Some men go, I don't think I would go to that ever, but it's kind of a way. I, I, I wouldn't go either unless God specifically told yeah. me and my wife would be there with me, obviously. Totally. Yeah. You'd have to have something like that, you know, but I, yeah. I think dreams. You know, she's got love all over her, and she's got a mother's heart, mom bear's heart. See, really. that's the heart. But see, that's the, the Jesus Revolution movie that just came out, timed perfectly in this time that they didn't plan. It's about those that the church rejects. Yeah. Are we going to have a heart for them? So we think, oh, yeah, hippies, if they come, I'm good with it now. Yeah, but yeah, that's, that's not the that's, modern that's, day that's one that's now. Easy. Is, 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 we is already learned. You can't, you can't go off of our lessons. you got to learn your own lessons, right? Exactly. So the yeah. ones that we think, oh, man, that's the, that crosses the line, or those in witchcraft or Satanism or whatever that we think is the worst, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, you know, my wife and I were talking about that because there's a whole lot of trans stuff going on, and it's not oh. just the gay thing, but it's now trans stuff, and it's a whole lot of that. And so we were discussing it. That's obviously the next level of what God yeah. wants to allow. Are they any less God's friends? Does he love them? Totally. Unconditionally. So yeah. I don't know. How, I have no idea how I would ever minister, but God would show it. But I mean, yeah. you, uh, for you, David, probably because you're a natural evangelist and you're a prophet too. But I mean, you're, I, I think God could trust you and say, go, 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 go minister to that trans over there. And you, yeah. you might even say, Lord, I don't even know if it's a man or a woman. And the Lord would just say, go go minister to that trend, like I told you. And you'd have a great story because God would use you. So I'm amazed. Well, I remember on an airplane the first time there was a gay guy sitting next to me, a homosexual man. And, and he goes, oh, you know, start talking to me. So right away I told him what I do. Him I told him directly. Oh, yeah, I'm a minister. I preach. It's funny. God said with him, tell him exactly 
Really? And he was shocked. And they start to argue with me about gay marriage. Oh, you Christians, you don't want us to get. And, and I start, start telling, and you think we're an abomination. I go, oh, no, God loves you so much. In Good fact, he loves you, you, see, so, much. you so, so I said, I said, I don't know what others have done. I'm sorry for some Christians that are mean to you. I said, but the Bible says this. I, I go, oh, you're also oh, honest. And, and as we're talking, he looks at me, he goes, I can discern that you have love in your heart, even though you're completely not agreeing with my lifestyle. You're calmly talking to me. You're not worked up. I actually sense truth in you that that you don't hate me. Wow. You're just trying to tell me this is the way to go. Wow. That the Bible says. And I go, so it was really interesting how at the end I said, and the Lord said to give him a hug. I've never done that. I said, Oh man, Lord, that's hard. And he goes, he didn't have a father. I, I said, okay, can I give you a hug at the end? And he started crying oh my because gosh. they feel the rejection from the church. He knows I'm a minister and I'm hugging him saying like, God still loves you, but he, but, but he doesn't, but he wants you to be saved. Kind of like the prostitute where he said, she said, God saved her, but go and sin no more. Not out of you dirty, you go sin no more. You just scum. It's go and sin no more because it's going to kill you. It's going to destroy your life. You know, like it's out of love. It's not out of, I'm so repulsed, even though we naturally can feel repulsed. God is repulsed by all sin, but he's trying to save them. That's the bottom line. Yeah. And, and I told him some about stories of other people in our meetings that got saved that were gay. One, one guy a long time ago, and, and he had deliverance on the floor, and he got completely delivered. And this guy said, in the meeting, he said, and I preach again. I said, this is what I said when I preach. I said, if you're gay, God loves you. You can't change yourself. You probably tried. You can't change yourself, but God can. On your own, you can't. So you've accepted who you think you are. Come up as you are. God can do the change. He came up, deliverance, everything. Came to me after said, I've never heard anyone preach a gospel. They've always preached down on not just the sin, but the people. But you've actually made it in such a way where God hates the sin, but loves me. And I that's mean, how that's I was able preach, to receive I mean, it. Gosh, well, you're such a good evangelist because it comes from the heart. Evangelist isn't just someone that knows the right things to say, but you got the heart to say it. You know, even though, uh, well, I mean, I'm not trying to overly give you too many kudos, but you yeah, know, if, if you see my head getting bigger, then you could just yeah. like, like, like I mean, uh, the, criticize the, me or something. It'll go back. Down. I mean, the bottom line is what you're doing is, you know, you're talking to me, but you're instructing, you know, by the time this is done, a couple hundred thousand people will watch this and you're, you're instructing people on how to love the sinner, you know, and mm. I mean, what you just said, the guy said, you know, I can discern that, you know, you don't agree with anything I'm saying, but I understand there's love. Are you kidding? It doesn't get any better than that. You know, mm. the only thing that gets better than that is when you get to lead them to the Lord. But even if you didn't lead them to the Lord, you, you, still were, you were still leading him to the Lord. I mean, Yeah, the guy on the plane didn't say the prayer, but I, I could tell he was really getting yeah. touched. Like something, maybe maybe the next person will be well, some water, some like plant. This. Now, this is my part of the evangelism. It says, uh, John, I think it's John 10, 9, 9, 10, 9. I've got a mix. No, no, I'm mixing two ones. Uh, whoever, yeah, whoever confesses with, believe, who confesses that Jesus is Lord, and, and, and this is a paraphrase. You've got it memory. Say that one. Do you know what it is? It, and believes in their well, you heart. Confess it, you confess through your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, rose from the dead, you know. Yeah, and, we're, and, we're, and, and Jesus rose from the dead. Whoever believes that and confesses it with their mouth will be saved. be saved. So, so that means if, if this guy on the plane never prayed a prayer, he gets off the plane and there's his uh, gay partner, okay? And, he, and the guy goes, well, what happened? Well, you're acting really weird. Well, this guy in the plane says blah, 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 and he's talking about Jesus, and I heard about Jesus in a way I never heard. And and um, his friend, his partner goes, well, 
you don't really believe in that crap, do you? And if he <laughs> said, and if he said, you know what? I kind of do. That's it. If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, that's true. Salvation came to him at that moment. He, came, he confessed with his mouth. So it doesn't say if you lead someone in the sinner's prayer. It just says, this is what happens. This is how you'll know for you. If you believe with your, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Christ was raised, Jesus was raised from the dead, you will be saved. You know, so people get all tripped up because they didn't get the notch. They didn't get the sinner's prayer. But yeah, no, the thief on the cross. He just goes, "Do you believe I'm the Son of God?" You okay? Yes, yes, I believe. Yeah. You'll be with me in paradise tonight. Like, yeah. yeah. So, but of course, if you are alive, you go. Then you get baptized and you do what you're supposed to sure. do. Sure, right. But there's times people on their deathbed just, you know, my uncle got saved last minute. My Jewish uncle didn't want anything to do with it. At the at the hospice, gets radically saved, and then I about to pray for salvation for him. It, what happened was he never wanted to hear the gospel because he's Jewish. So then. As I'm driving back to see him, the Lord said, don't preach to him. Just say it in the prayer. So I say, hey, uncle, can I pray for you? He goes, okay, like he's doing me a favor, letting me pray for him. <laughs> and then I pray and I, and I say, thank you that you set your son to die, rose from the dead. Because even if we wanted to do it as a good Jewish man, there's no temple in Jerusalem to, put, to have the sacrifice given. And you require blood, so we can't be saved. He starts mumbling. He could barely talk at this point. He had cancer. He goes, there's no temple in Jerusalem. So I'm like, wait, is he repeating what I'm saying? So he can't be saved. So I just go into a sinner's prayer. So forgive me my sins. And he goes, forgive me my sins. And he goes right into the sinner's prayer. He was the hardest man ever against. If I just said, God bless you, he would hang up on me. That's how against he was. And he, got, he goes, oh my gosh, it's real. Now God oh, really? told me, imagine, you know, he told me, the problem is when I'm praying for him, I'm imagining him as an unsaved man. I want you to see him as a oh, saved man. Good. How would he look, his future look? So I, I made up this, in my mind, a fake image of him going thank you jesus and crying exactly what i saw is what happened that's amazing and he said i didn't believe it was true i saw you on sid roth i thought it was all fake and now it's real i didn't know i didn't know and my aunt runs in what's going on and so uh, you know god can save anybody sometimes the hardest ones are the ones that get saved quicker help elijah streams continue to reach people around the world all donations go toward making elijah streams and the elijah streams podcast possible visit elijahstreams.com give and become a partner today yeah because they didn't have to think it through maybe or something you know we went on a, a number of years ago we went on i was on a ministry trip on a conference and we were on our way back and so my, my wife and i we had a friend that was ministering with us kind of an intercessor so she the three of us are there and on the coming on the plane is this pretty attractive youngish woman, 30s maybe. And God said, you're going to talk to her and share something with them. So I started going, man, Lord, that's not my thing. I don't do that on planes that much. Some, but yeah. not that much. And I used to like to just take a nap, you know? So I thought, okay, I'm going to start listening to a word. And so I thought, I don't know. So the plane's going halfway there and the movie's about to start. So so the, everyone's running back to use the bathroom. I'm towards the back of the plane. And it turns out this girl's standing right next to me. And so I thought, no, I wouldn't normally strike up a conversation, but I did. I said, so what's what's going on with you? Where are you trying? She goes, oh, I was uh, I came from Germany. I was in the military. We just were partying all last, last night. I had fun. I started to converse with her, and the, the person came out of the bathroom. It was either her turn or my turn. I can't remember. So I, I blew the opportunity. I go back. We watched the movie on the plane, and I go back to the bathroom again, right? So it's been a couple hours. I stand next to her again. She's in a totally different wow. place. She stands there, and I tried it again. God, this is a gospel truth, and it failed again. 
the, the bathroom opened and we couldn't do anything. So I thought, man, I'm a terrible, you know, evangelist. So the plane ends, we offload the plane. We've got to take, we're still at the same gate because we got to take a connecting flight. Okay. And as I think we get, we're supposed to get back on this plane or something. So I'm walking across the concourse. Now 15, 10, 15 minutes have gone by after the plane's offload. I blew my chance. I see her in the middle of the concourse looking like she's lost and she's looking. And so I started to walk across it just to see for sure. And her eyes followed me, but she wasn't following me. She was looking at other leaderboards to find out what it, and I thought, okay, maybe I wonder <laughs> if I'm supposed to talk to her. I finally walked up to her and I said, hi, do you remember me from the play? And I said, this is going to sound a little strange. Do you mind if I just share with you something that the Lord said? And she's just, her eyes get big. And I said, but I just want you to know that you're marked by him. He loves you and he's got your, you know, something I don't have the exact wording, but he just, it, the whole word was the Lord knows you, wants you to know you're marked by him. And yeah. her eyes glassed up. She didn't quite go into a tear and she just goes, thank you. That helped. And then she, I said, okay, well, let's have a great day. And so she walks off with her rolling her bag. And I, you know, I pictured her because she was heading for Vegas, if I remember right. And and I just pictured her talking to her girlfriend, whoever at the other end, and and having the girlfriend hear this story and say, "Well, that kind of that sounds kind of weird." And I and the girl that I talked to would say to her, "I don't know. It was kind yeah. of compelling." And then I'm just saying, go out into the highways and byways of life and compel them to come in. So I was just compelling that day, and he wants he needs a whole lot of people compelling. Whether you lead them in a three, you know, the, the, the sinner's prayer or not, compel them to come in. Exactly. Well, you use your pro thing with you, you're prophetic. So you use your, your stronger is prophetic, but you yeah. use your prophetic to, to open the door. So you yeah. also have, let's say you're watching this, you're not an evangelist, but you have other gifts. You can yeah. use that gift oh, to open good. the door. That's really good. Or you're a that's teacher. You can reveal the scriptures to someone that's religious and go, actually, the word of God said, let's say to a, a Jewish man or a Muslim person, or, well, actually, the scriptures say you have revelation. And sometimes they'll go, oh, I never saw it that way. Like, or whatever your gift is, you know, there's a way to, you know, we were all supposed to share the gospel, whether or not you're the office of an evangelist, we're all supposed to share the gospel in some That's way to, to your circle of friends, your family, your people you meet on the plane that I'll never meet, you know? So, and, and that's where we're, we're in that season. The fact that we're talking about this on your show, you represent the prophetic in general, yeah. and yet yeah. we're on the show talking evangelism. So I think God's prophetically trying to tell us, Hey, this is the season of harvest, revival, and and get ready for the lost to come in. Prophetically, that's what he's he's saying on the show because we're talking about Pakistan and going tomorrow, hundred thousand Israel last week, homosexual people, prostitute, playboy. I mean, we're talking just fact that we're just talking naturally, and this is where it's going. I think God is trying to tell us and the body that's watching, hey guys, go back to the harvest. You that's say, well, true. it was so hard. They're so left wing, and they're so. Democrat, anti this, anti that. I, I don't want to get in a fight with anybody. No, the Lord says the harvest is ripe. Don't say four months and then the harvest is ripe now. Some of you are thinking from two, three years ago, you know, the, the riots, oh, they're not open to, at all. They're against us. No, but something has happened the last few months, I believe. God softened the harvest. Just wow. try it again. Now, Peter, throw out your net. Oh, we fished all night. We didn't catch anything. And Jesus goes, now throw your net up, meaning something has shifted. Peter's like, what are you talking about? We just tried. It, nothing. It was all night. We're tired. Some of you are burned out and tired from the last season. You haven't seen results in your ministry and, and the harvest, and now do it. And we did Awaken 2020, you know, 50,000-seat stadium. We had 1,000 saved. 
And we were supposed to do a few more of those big ones. And all of a sudden, everything shut down for three years. And the Lord, and then now the Lord's telling me, now go out and do it again. That's why we're doing Awaken Arizona. That's why oh, we're going to we'll Pakistan next week. God's saying everything was on pause in 2009 and 2020. He's unpausing the pause button. And whatever should have been, now it's going to continue catching up. I love that. Yeah, it's almost like I had a prophet tell me years and years ago, he goes, don't worry. Or he was telling people something got shut down. I don't remember what it was. I think he was just talking about something had got short-circuited in the body of Christ by the enemy. He says, don't worry about it because it's like a volcanic thing that is building pressure that cannot be yeah. stopped. And when it's released, it will be as if you never lost all this time because it'll be explosive. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what's what's going on. Hey, talk about the Awaken thing that you're talking about. I don't know what's what's the official name of it. Um, Awaken Arizona. Yeah, talk about that. Uh, and let's invite people to that. Is that yeah. the same thing? Yeah, so it's... Yeah. Yeah, it's a continuation of Awaken 2020 that we did in 2020. So it's awakenaz.org. It's free if you register. So you definitely want to get on there. We have a new person now, Dog the Bounty Hunter, that's going to oh, be with us. Oh, he's coming. Oh, he's I coming too to share his faith, uh, to share his testimony. Um, we've got Daniel Kalinda with us, who's Reinhard Bakke's successor. Yeah. Bakke was one of the biggest, probably the biggest evangelists that we know, apart from Billy Graham, you know, but in the nations. Um, my wife, Stephanie Herzog, who's a steer and moves in the supernatural and evangelistic. Um, it's going to be awesome. We've got Sean Foyt on worship. Another guy, Adam Ramy. It's going to be just blowout. Hey, you had, I can't awesome. think of his name all of a sudden. Uh, the the African-American guy, the rapper. All of a oh, sudden, Kanye West. You had Kanye there. Three years about, ago. Yeah. And that was just before COVID, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, how did that, and that's how did before that, all the... That's before all the controversy stuff that happened recently, but in yeah, back then, yeah, a lot he was in a really good place. Was, he was in a good place, and he was a. Uh, I don't really know for sure much about it because I don't follow him, but I know. Yeah. Well, he that's right. They kind of he felt like they were he was turning out to be anti-Semitic or something. Uh, I think it's yeah. It's, it, well, he's got a lot of mental stuff and takes yeah. medication, and just pray for the guy. You know, I yeah, think we're the. Me. I think the church shoot, shoots their own wounded sometimes. And he's had experience with Jesus, but he's got with the wrong people. He's getting, he's confused. Just pray for him. But yeah, it's that came, same Lonnie Frisbee thing. Lonnie had these wounds and issues and molestations in his, when he was a child. And he's told that story. Uh, trauma. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, but the, the bottom line is that God didn't make a mistake when he started using Kanye. And now there's no. a short circuit. It's a season, and it'll, God it'll, can, you know, God can bring you back, and he, and he'd be in his right mind and say, "I don't know what I was thinking. I must have been, yeah, a demon came on me or something. I don't know." Yeah, but yeah. at the time, we met him supernaturally. We went to the Hollywood Bowl because I was doing a, a, a rally for our Phoenix event, but in L.A. And then we found out he's coming to this thing. So okay, let's go there and check it out. And I had a two guys on my team had a dream that he was going to be at our event. I had a dream after. And everyone leaves, the choir leaves. One choir member comes in front of the stage. I meet this choir member. Hey, can I connect with your director? And that's kind of how we got connected. It just kind of kept talking every now and then. And the last minute, he goes, Connie's coming. What? Really? Okay. I had a dream of three weeks before. I was in Hawaii on our anniversary trip a month before the event. And I had dreamed. I had the dream now that he's in our event. And I said, Lord, stop teasing us. It's in three weeks. He's got to happen now. We can't be last. It was last minute. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. We had to change everything, the stage, the oh, I can't raise even more money because it's a hundred people that he's bringing, and we had to house them, we had to uh, bust them. I mean, it was a lot of. We already didn't have the money for the event itself, and that was another huge. And I knew the Lord. I said, "Okay, yes, come on out." I didn't know how we we're going to do it. God just supernaturally 
really supernatural. I paid for it right before most of it was right before just crazy miracles. Do you feel like this coming revival that we've been talking about most of the show, do, are we going to get somehow better at, again, I don't want to diss anything in the past because God didn't sure. uh, lose out. How does, how do the people that get saved get discipled? Um, I don't know if maybe that sounded like they did pretty good because they started moving in with each other in these communal houses. Yeah. I mean, do you see anything like that going on? Is there going to be some new weird thing that happens where people get discipled? I don't know if God shows you any of that. Yeah, I think it will. I mean, God, so, you know, usually when you witness to somebody, they get saved. And then yeah. I hear people say, oh, well, if you can't disciple them, you should never witness to them on the airplane because then you no. created a – I said, well, no. How many people do you know watching right now someone witnessed to you and you had several people, and then you finally made a decision. Yeah. So you can't really, or, or how many got saved, but no one discipled you. But then later you end up going to a church, and then finally you got discipled. So one water is one plant. Exactly. But in this revival, I believe it will be. Oh, we have teams. In fact, we had a team last week going near the amphitheater, and people got saved. And then we have their numbers, and then we follow up on them. We bring them to the church. So that's what we're, we're doing. We're going to have to follow up. When we go to Pakistan, they have a whole, they have thousands of churches the guy has the, one of the biggest TV networks, so they have all these. So I guess the key is is organizing it well. I remember Bonky, Reinhard Bonky, really focused on that too, is giving the cards to the churches, and then they have to follow up. You yeah. say you should follow up within the first 48 to 72 hours. Makes sense. Because the yeah. seed could be lost. So that yeah, you're right. That needs to be focused on more. We try our best to do that. In Israel, totally, totally they know their addresses. They, they brought them on the buses. Really? So they're totally able to follow up. Now, it's not your fault if someone decides, oh, I'm not going to go to the meetings. After yeah. but they pray the sinner's prayer, there's still, you know, there's still a percentage of people that won't. But I think God's going to speak to the church and get creative ways of doing that. It's, it's got to be. You know that that scripture you quoted a minute ago. You said one one man water, one one plants, another one waters. How does that scripture go? I think um, one waters, one plants, and one reaps. Okay, so on that in that passage, I think it's in that one. And I'm going to paraphrase it. Maybe you know the more specific. But he said others. Um, did the hard work and you reaped where you did not sow. In other words, he's saying, hey, you evangelists that are, that are getting the notch in your belt, that was the easy job compared to the hard exactly. work of all the sowing. So people that say, oh, I'm not evangelist. All I do is try and lead people to love the Lord. But I, I did. God, yeah. G- Jesus himself called that the hard work. Yeah, the plowing to, is like, like, like Lou Engel focuses a lot on fasting and prayer. He leads people into 40-day fasting. Yeah. That's the plowing. That's the part yeah. of work. No one wants to fast. Yeah. And now I think we're reaping all the prayers from the last 10 years. We're starting to come into it. So we're reaping it. Um, you know, Bonky was to go to Africa. And he said that the guy before him, Livingston, was a missionary in Africa. His whole life, he only led like two or three people to really? the Lord. Yeah. The, and, and people were killed that went there. And, and then Bonky said, I'm reaping. The, the prayers of all those missionaries that went before me, even Bonky recognizes not because I'm so great, even yeah. though he was a great evangelist, he recognizes not because of him, but those who went before him. Yeah. So I think America is right. I think we, America has w- at least one more last great move of God. It's like Samson. God, you know, sometimes the eyes have been plucked out. The church has been kind of confused, but, but our hearts like just one more time, Lord. And he's like, okay, yeah. one more time. <laughs> That's good. Uh, David, would you go ahead and pray for the people and whatever God gives you on these closing minutes here? Sure. Sure. Lord, I just pray for those watching right now. I think yeah. uh, many are watching and your hearts are being stirred. You're like, yes, the revival, Asbury, souls, 
the prophetic reaching the, 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 those that no one wants to reach. Like you're yeah. something stirring in your spirit. You're watching this right now. I pray the spirit of revival to come on you right now. Some of you maybe didn't get to go to those places, but I pray it comes on you now. The excitement of just spending hours with him and, yeah. and, and obeying and just sharing at the store again at the, maybe you used to, some of you used to do that when you first got saved and you lost that fire. I pray that fire to come back. You'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost, yes, mm. and fire. You have the Holy Ghost, but you need the fire. Fire spreads. Holy Ghost refreshes. You, you've been refreshed. You go to conferences, seminars, all that kind of – that's great. But you need the fire that suddenly you want to spread it out. So I pray fire to come on people watching right now yeah. all over the world in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Uh, David, we got that. Thegloryzone.org is on the screen. Uh, any place, anything else you need to tell? I want to make sure I give opportunity. Um, anything else coming? We'll pray out? for our, yeah, pray for our Pakistan trip. Um, it's going to be this weekend, over a hundred thousand okay. saved. Um, we have awakenaz.org, March twenty fifth, and then the first weekend of April, we have a glory conference with Cindy Jacobs and Charlie Champ yes, and others. Yeah. Awaken right. AZ, yeah, it's only, it's only here, right there. Awakenaz.org. Yeah, that's for the uh, sign up right now because some of you, you know how you are, you'll forget. Just yeah. go right now, sign up, and then you'll get the info, and you can come out. It's at the Mesa Amphitheater. It's about, what, 15, 20 minutes, I think, outside of the Phoenix Airport. Great weather. March is going to be – it's already nice now. It's going to be perfect. Awesome. And I couldn't have timed this any better to happen when revivals are happening. And this is the perfect – you yeah. know, originally it was scheduled for December. Uh, it was really? beginning of December, and we had to change it because a lot of our speakers couldn't make it, and the worship teams couldn't make it. And I realized God was telling me, just push it a little bit later. There's, you'll see why later. And, th- and now everything's falling into place perfectly. It was Wonderful. things weren't all falling into place for December, and it was freezing cold. I realized later the cold had come in. So thank God we did March. Wow. Well, I'll be following you, watching you. So stay in touch with that, uh, David. I appreciate Definitely. it. I know there'll be some other uh, crusades or whatever we call them these days. Uh, I know you can't call them a crusade in Israel, but. Uh, Oh, or Pakistan, the Muslim. Or, and oh, you can't say that yeah. in Pakistan either. Oh. No, because the Crusaders killed Muslims and Jews. Yeah. So what do, you, what do you call it? What do you? So I try to call it. It's funny though. In Pakistan, they call it crusade, and I have my friends, and I have friends in Israel tell me believers, oh, you shouldn't call it crusade. I said they're calling it crusade because they're 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 not Arabic. They're they were Indians that became Pakistani. It's different. But I call them large outdoor stadium events where a bunch of people get saved. So whatever you want to call that. Large crowds of 100,000 people of unsaved getting saved and miracles, whatever that's called, that's what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, there's a Delora O'Brien call, has these meetings all over the U.S., and she calls it the gathering. It's just a gathering, you know. So, anyway, amazing stuff. David, I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll have you on some more many times in the future, I'm certain. So, God bless you. Have a great day, everybody. See you later. Bye bye. Bless you. Bye bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.